Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions provides very easy to set up lines of credit for small businesses, and I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you're interested in learning more about a business line of credit for your business, please visit our website at fscreditline.com. You know, over the 25 plus years that I've built my own companies, I've almost always had a line of credit. It's, I, I you know, I really am passionate about the idea that you should have a line of credit. And now you really have the ability to get one. Over the last 25 years, I personally have built uh, six companies in the five million, the twenty-five million dollar range, including two companies that have made the five, the Inc. five hundred fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience, and today I'm very excited to be speaking with Johanna White from Design by Joe. Johanna White is an award-winning graphic designer and visual branding strategist who designs premium brand identities that create impactful first impressions. As the founder of Design by Joe Studio, she believes that if someone is the best at what they do, they deserve to look like it. For the past decade, she's worked with everyone from individuals to Fortune 200 brands worldwide. Johanna, Johanna, sorry, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. So, so today we're going to be talking about uh, branding like the best how to look as good as you are. Um, do you find, well, firstly, let me ask you, when somebody often brings you in for an, a, 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 an assignment or a project, what are the, you know, what's the most common thing that they're trying to do? That's a great question. <laughs> because of the, the wide range of people I serve, it can be very diverse. But really, if I was to boil it down to a nutshell, it was, it would be that they realize that how they are being perceived by the world is not how they would like to be. It's not serving them. It's not, um, it's that they realize that their brand is not visually validating their value to the world and they want to do something about that. So they may have really amazing products or services that are, they're, they're missing out on sales to competitors. They have superior but the competitors have better branding. Or it may be just that they feel like when someone interacts with their brand for the first time, it is not creating the impression that they wish that it would, that they know that it could. And so they bring me in to solve that. You know, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let our audience, our listeners know before we went on air, uh, Johanna beat me up about... I believe that, yes, she's shaking her head, no, yes, you did. You beat me up about the idea that uh, we were originally talking about changing the title, and I you know, I felt that uh, you should l try to look bigger than what you really are. And, you know, it is true that – and then, you, then Johanna called me old. So she called me old, old-fashioned, and, and so I uh, – I, I, you know, I get it because uh, I am. And, um, but her attitude 
uh, is uh, that you should look as I, I think you know. It, she was saying that you should look authentic, and you should look the way uh, that as good as you are. And my problem with that, I'll tell you. Let's take one part of that that I had a little bit of problem with is you're not always as good. You're not always that good yet as you're as you're growing. You know, you're you're trying to fake it. And and I kind of said that to Johanna, and um, you know, she reluctantly acquiesced, but. Uh, so what, it, what do you think about what I said versus what I said? And you can be quite blunt and hold me <laughs> old again. So, well, I, you know what, first I just have to defend myself and say, I believe that that was a more old school methodology that has begun to shift with millennials and Gen Z's. It's, I get it. They are, they are now the largest consumer base and they like surveys have been done that say 75% of millennials and Gen Z will choose a product based on what they know about the company, the founder, the story, the message, whether they are um, supporting the cause that they believe in and the personal brand of that company or the personal brand of that founder has a lot to do with whether their products or services are being chosen. Now, to be fair and to, mm. to give you a pat on the back, that is personal brands are typically B, uh, B2C. So if you are talking B2B where you need to show up as someone who has a high level of expertise that perhaps you're still acquiring, but you freaking know you can do this, there's definitely still an element of um, leveling up your brand even higher than you currently feel like you are. But then I like to nudge my clients into if we're going to build it, you're going to have to live up to it. So not creating it simply to be a facade, but to create it to be an aspiration that helps you step into those shoes quickly. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point, and that is you got to know your customers. So, for example, is I've never been in a business to consumer business. I've always been in, in a B two B. I mean, I know financing solutions is a B to CEO, you know, business to to <laughs> right. a CEO level. So, you know, like I'm not dealing with Generation X or Generation, you know, the all the other generation. I'm dealing with people typically over forty, and but you know, I, I do listen. I had a a, a, a uh, a, a woman who worked for me for a really long time, right? She worked for me for two different companies, really smart. I really loved working with her. She was my second in command at one company. And, uh, you know, I remember when she came to me and we were talking a little bit about uh, when Lady Gaga first came out. And, you know, I, what I noticed with Lady Gaga was Lady Gaga was the first person that I saw who really promoted the idea of authenticity. And, and when that was a while ago, right. And, you know, that had an influence on me doing a little more uh, about what you're saying, Johanna, at the same time, trying to make com my companies look bigger than they really were. And, you know, and so I think, I think the point that we're both making is you got to understand who your <laughs> clients are, right. Yep. You know, in a beat, like in the, the, the uh, example I used Johanna to, uh, try to convince her, which, you know, is a challenge is, uh, yeah, it was, um, was if you're trying to win a 10, $20 million contract and you're a million dollars in revenue size as a business, 
You know, you got to be, do, are, is somebody who's going for a 10 or $20 million going to give it to you that you, if you're really small. And that, that was my argument as well. And so I think, I think, uh, Johanna, what you're saying and what I'm saying is you got to really understand your clients. And I think when it comes to the branding, it's not even worth doing a branding project. If you haven't extensively interviewed your customers, understand your prospects, know why they're coming to you, know the advantages and disadvantages of your company, you got to know that stuff or your branding project is, is a little bit of a waste. Would you, I, 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 would you agree with that? Oh man, I'm having so much fun with this conversation because now I'm going to flip sides and play the devil's advocate. Oh, I knew you're going to do back that. Over. I know this is so fun. So, so you mentioned at the very beginning the title of this is branding like the best, how to look as good as you are, and I like to add on to that so that you can attract more raving fan clients than you know what to do with and be as delightfully expensive as you deserve to be. So I believe when it comes to your brand and um, making it count, there needs to be intention behind it. There needs to be why. You do absolutely need to know who you want to serve. But I like to challenge my clients to not just go interview the market and ask them what they want, but instead ask themselves, what do I do better than anyone else? What does my company deliver better than anyone else and why? And really find their X factor. And once they know that, then say, who am I most perfectly positioned to serve that would maximize our impact and their ROI and combine those two to begin to craft their message and their story in a way that relates to that particular client. So it is very much about knowing your client, but rather than just pulling the world and saying, what would you like? It's like um, when they... In when they invented the automobile, he said, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. So there's that extra element of also simply saying, I have this brilliant thing and the world needs it and I know it and creating the space for it, branding it and um, growing that audience and that need through the brand. So leveraging the brand to be able to um, – do what you are amazing at. Yeah, we're, so we're, I, saying, yeah. we're saying the we're same saying thing. We're saying the same thing. <laughs> we are, really are, because I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you, you don't elevate your, organi your, your organization um, uh, through a branding project. I, I think you do. I think you, you, you look at things that you want to aspire to based on some information that you found out that you know about your, your company, that you know about your, your services, that you know about what your customers, I think you, the, that's all a basis, but I do agree with you. Like I, the best branding project I ever did was for one of my companies. And, um, you know, it, it was really the best work we ever did. And, you know, we came, we were coming up with a three, uh, word tagline for our company and, you know, we had lots of meetings and, you know, it's really amazing how an idea can just all of a sudden pop up, you know, through lots of discussions, through lots of listening, um, you know, throwing ideas out, uh, not, you know, poo-pooing other people's ideas. And, you know, the, that 
three words not only elevated our company, it defined our company for, for, for a very, very, very long time. And, um, so I I think we're saying the same thing. I I think you would agree, you know, Hannah, that having information, uh, and not going at a branding project completely blind, absolutely right. Is, you know, it's helpful, you know? Um, but I tell you, I mean, I, I had, I, I have companies that I I said, this is what we are going to represent going forward. I didn't wait for the company to define our personality. I said, yeah. this is the company that we're going to define uh, based on the brand that we want to pr- promote. So I, I yeah. did it a little bit reverse where most people say, well, okay, I'm going to take a branding project right now. And I've done that. but And, and redefine our, our company or define our company. So- um, what do you, what do you have to say about that? Well, I would say I loved your approach. Um, the way that I work with clients often sounds backwards as well, but it's because I believe that a great brand is born from a great reason. And so if you knew we want to be this, stepping into that, letting the branding process help draw that out of you, I call that content mining, which is like, Everything that you need to show up in the world is already inside of you, but a lot of times you don't know how to express it or you don't know how to unite the team behind behind it. And so even just going through the branding process can help draw that out, bring it to the surface. But I love that that was your approach. And I think that that leads to that authenticity we mentioned earlier, which is now you are so on board with this, it is not a facade. It is not just a face. It is the heart and soul of the company. And then the actions that you take as that company will continue to place those perceptions in the minds of the the people that work with you. And what they say about branding is it's either being done by you on purpose or it's happening to you by default. It's never not happening. That's- That's the thing that a lot of people think, maybe I could wait to brand. Like you said, kind of the, some of the idea is I'll get going. I'll see what happens. I'll see what people start to think of what we have to offer. And then we'll bring in someone to work on a brand. By that time, there may already be so many perceptions out there that are much, much harder to change or reverse versus being intentional from the get-go and saying, this is who we are, what we have, and how we're going to serve the world. And creating, kind of drawing the line in the sand and creating that brand that you can live up to. Yeah, I would say too, like over the years, what I know is most people think branding is an afterthought that you can do once you have a little bit more time. When you start, <laughs> you know, when you when you have your business, and you're starting your business after a couple of years, you, you know, you, you are going to, you're working in your business. Okay. You're constantly working in your business and you're not going to reach the level of what the purpose of this podcast is to help you get over 10 million. Once you reach three to 5 million, you have to, you can only do that. Um, let's say 5 million when you are working on your business, right? So once you're working on your business, it's a lot of times when people start turning their attentions to branding, you know, and I, you know, listen, everybody thinks of branding like a, a huge company, right? 
But branding is the personality, uh, exactly what Johanna is saying, is that what you realize is that every company has a personality. And, and from what, my, what I know is it's that it's always based on the owner. You know, the owner's personality. So you take a look at Apple. Apple's strength has always been design. Why? Well, if you study Steve Jobs, that's what he was incredibly great at. That's what he really cared about. When you talk about uh, Bill Gates, right? And again, these are, uh, well, Bill, Bill Gates. All right. Bill Gates, believe it or not, makes incredible software. I mean, most people wouldn't think so, but it, it really does. It's really well-run software, complicated but well and well-run. And I'll give you um, one last one. I, I met uh, Amazon, not Amazon, Zappos. Uh, now it's part of Amazon. And uh, Hirsch is his last name. I, I, I know he passed away recently, but uh, I met him. And Zappos was incredible at customer service. Incredible. And by the way, Zappos was the first company that, um, figured out how to sell shoes online by sending you f- having free returns and often sending you two to three pairs of shoes to see which size fit. And they tell you to, re- to return the, the other ones. And I, uh, when I met him, I was blown away by how accommodating he was to people and, and, and his personality came through that company. So I, I agree with what you're saying, Johanna, in that either you define your, the, what the company's culture is going to be, and that, that this, uh, use that word culture instead of personality, or it's going to be defined for you. Uh, now, let me ask you a case. Uh, give me one of your best clients that you've worked with. And let's say they came and they said, uh, Johanna, Johanna, excuse me, um, we want to work on our, we, we want to define our brand. We want to work on our brand. Tell me a little bit about some of the questions, the process that you went through. Yeah. So let's pick, let's pick a smaller company for this one, just because it's easier to talk about start and finish versus if I do a brand project for a large company like Whirlpool Corporation, we may be spending a lot of time on a very small piece of the puzzle because like you mentioned with larger companies comes a lot more decisions and and things take more time. So let's let's do a small one. Um, for example, I had a company that was a, a gourmet toffee company and they wanted to compete in the global market against corporate gifting giants like Godiva. Very like luxury chocolate brands. But they were currently just known as a small town vibe, kind of cutesy. You could pick some up at the farmer's market. And so they came and said, our current customers is local small town. If you look at our website, it's hard to shop online. It's not even super clear that we do corporate gifting, but really that's what we do best. And we want that to be our largest portion of time and revenue. And so we sat down and and I kind of take my clients through 
a three-step process, which is first, we have to know your value. We do the strategy. We figure out what makes you amazing and speak directly to that client, which in this case, the corporate gifting client. How do we change your um, your hero line on your website, your copy, even how you talk in person to speak so that that client knows you're for them. And then you have to show your value. So it's not enough for you to just know it and say it. You got to become a show it all. <laughs> You've got to have it so that your images and the story that they tell um, aligns with that. And so, and then step three is you've got to find a way to add more value. And that is how you grow. That is how you get those raving fan clients that tell other people and send and you enter the global market and you get to compete with Godiva. And so we revamped their brand. We went from them just talking about toffee and it's delicious to toffee as the perfect gift every time. Yeah. And we started um, making it more friendly. We Their images before were just functional. We took it and did brand shoots where we smashed toffee all over the room. We had marble and dripping chocolate and cared about perfect lighting, perfect setup, created these images that every single time someone would see it, they'd go, hold the phone. I got to run away and order some of that right now. Like you can taste it just by looking at it. And then put that all together. And when we launched the new brand and the new site, they doubled their previous annual revenue in the first month that the new site launched. So everything they had made the previous year doubled in the first month and it was all through corporate gifting. And so it was because we took their goal, which was we know we want to serve a different audience. We know we're, we're ready for them. We know we're good at this, but they're not the people that are finding us. How do we get in front of the right audience with the right message and with a visual brand that says, we know what the heck we're talking about. Come, <laughs> like, drop everything you're doing, buy this right now. And even though that's a product-based company, very much the same things apply to service-based businesses. And I use those same process and the same method on, on whether it's a personal brand and I'm branding the founder of a company and saying, how can we storyboard this and write your message and then go create photos that tell that story, making it so that an image really is worth a thousand words again, words that mean something, words that communicate what you want to communicate, and make them as desirable as a piece of crunchy gourmet toffee. And so it's, yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, uh, I, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but you can't, you, you probably can estimate it. But when you took on that assignment, um, what percentage of their business was gifting? Before was, that? Was, yeah, was corporate gifting. I would say their revenue was 10 or less percent. So 10 or less. So they, they, they actually were making a pivot. They said so they were, they were yep. actually saying, we don't want to compete in this market with everybody else who's in the consumer market. We want to, we think the opportunity for us is, is the, the corporate gifting market. Is that accurate that they were repositioning the company? They were, yes, repositioning it for sure. They still wanted to serve direct to consumer, but yeah. they knew that that would never get them 
where they wanted to globally. Yeah. And so they needed the larger buyers, like you said earlier. Yeah. And if you're going to play with the big dogs, you got to look like the big dogs, right? Wait, if wait, you wait, wanna... wait. You are changing your tune. <laughs> I told you I was going to play devil's advocate. I, I, you're playing to your, your tune. Side. I mean, you, you, I, well, I tell you, I didn't think I was going to convince you ever. But anyway, um, I get it. So uh, it sounds like a great project. I, I, um, I, uh, it sounded very similar. We weren't repositioning ourselves when we did our a branding project. It was a, a health company I had called Healthcare Seeker. Um, we were just identifying our our brand, so we weren't re- repositioning ourselves. But uh, it sounds like an exciting project that really defined. I'm sure the owner of that company, um, he or she probably was extremely happy with that work. They were they were definitely thrilled. I still yeah. get messages and emails saying, we changed this and this is coming up and we're so excited and we're adding new team members. And it's just, it's fun to be a part of watching people take what I think is their rightful place in the world. Yeah, there's a, so, have- yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a fantastic book that I would highly recommend to everybody here. And that, the other thing I really like about this book for business it's small. It doesn't have a lot of pages, right? You know, you, you, as soon as I see like a 600 page book, I'm like, oh, I don't want to read that for business, uh, you know, I'll, for personal maybe. But, um, but, but there's so there's a guy by the name of Robert Bloom. And for those of you, Robert Bloom, you wouldn't know who he is, but Robert Bloom uh, started the largest advertising agencies in the world, uh, publicists. I don't know what their name now, but he's, he's passed, but he's, um, but he wrote a really good book. I, I met him and, you know, we, that he helped consult with us once he, uh, uh, he wrote this book, he had retired and wrote this book. And then I, I called him and I said, do you, can, can you help this a little bit? And he did. And, uh, but the, the book's called the, the inside advantage and it's really great. And uh, it really talks about the value of a branding using using a company's personality, how to kind of you know work on um, coming up with your own um, branding project. And it's again, I, I really uh, I, I what I did was I took my staff, which at the time was three other people, and um, and those three and I all read the book together. And then we started having meetings and discussing it. So, um, when when you are working on other branding projects, what are what are some other branding projects that people have often brought you in for? Well, everything from they need to get clear on their messaging, so kind of the foundational first piece, to they have a well established brand and they need it rounded up into creating brand guidelines. So a lot of times larger companies, um, it will be, you know, we've been doing all of these new things. Here's new marketing pieces we've been putting out, but it's been several years and it's time for us to assess, take a look at what is being sent out to the world through our marketing strategies and bring it back into alignment. Because a brand like my living room, left unattended, tends towards chaos. And so <laughs> they know that to keep 
keep the perceptions that they have worked so hard to build, they need to always assess, take a look at where they're at, and then update their brand guidelines. Hmm. Or maybe it's time to create new ones. Many large companies will do brand revamps every five to seven years where they do a refresh. It doesn't change drastically for many of the large ones. Like you've seen how subtly the Pepsi logo has changed over the years. But there will always be um, a chance for them to reconnect with their audience, get to know them again. Who are they, this generation? Let's make a a, a pivot. So I do rebrands, refreshes, brand guidelines for existing companies. Sometimes it will be that someone had a beautiful brand designed a few years ago, but they didn't get help actually implementing it. So it's like this pretty package with a bow on top and they don't know how to use it or how to translate it into what their web shut what blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay <I'm sorry>. wow <laughs> well i'm not going to edit that out just so you know I leave so. <laughs> it. always eloquent this one yeah <laughs> they don't always know how to translate that brand and carry it out into their website across their social media into their marketing materials and so they'll say hey we had this built can you help us implement? And I will help them with custom websites and social media strategies and templates and those kind of things because I know and you know that a brand is only as good as how you use it, how often you use it, and where you use it. And how authentic so, it is. And how authentic yeah. it is. No, that's true. It's true. Yeah. You can't if you're if you if you create this brand and it's really not you, it's not gonna work. It's gonna be it's, it's it's yep. not going to work. I mean, and I think you're defeating the purpose of what a brand is. Uh, a brand is is showing the world what is true about you, about your organization. And um, yeah, I was good. You know, I like the visualization that you said about the living room because you know if you if you left if you didn't do anything to clean up your living room in three to four weeks it's going to look like a disaster. If you didn't pay any attention to your living room and you let it go in three to four weeks, it's a disaster, right? But if you attend to it and every once in a while you see something that's out of place, messy, and you pick it up, it stays good, right? And I think, you know, branding is that. You have to always be paying attention to it and I, I think a good way, like what I used to do, um, financing solutions that I own right now is a lot different. I mean, it's a very, very, we have hardly any employees. So it's, it's a very, it's designed to be a very small company. And so, you know, the other companies like Healthcare Seeker had 110 employees. So what, but any, so it's, it was, it was a different execution as far as branding goes. But I would say when we had a meeting, I would say at least once a month or a huddle, I would say, you know, are we living up to our brand? What is our brand? You know, so I, I, I tried to make sure that we kept it in front of everybody so that they understood that, that it was on their minds what we represent. Because like a living room, then the analogy that you said and um, is that if you don't attend to it, 
it, it goes away and doesn't become a competitive advantage. And by the way, that book, The Inside Advantage, the, the tagline, which I don't remember exactly, is how it can, how building a brand and having your personality identified is your competitive advantage. And I think you're saying the same thing, right? Yep. Yep. I have discovered um, way more than I ever thought I would have to. I end up educating a lot of my clients along the way about how truly powerful and impactful their brand can be on their ROI, on their business. A lot of people still think that a brand is maybe just a necessity, like a passport to go to the airport. You need it. It's an ID. It, it identifies you in the business world. When in reality, that brand can be the jet fuel in the plane I, that I carries agree. you to your business yep. goals. You know, listen, when you want to, if you want to go from five million, ten million, to fifteen million, to twenty million dollars, I, I would tell you it's going to be your branding project that's going to really allow you to do most of it. I think. I think you know, I'm a big believer in in having an incredible lead generation and figuring that Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Right. I mean, Branding I think, and, yeah. yeah. And lead generation, you know, having, you have to be able to find out, you have to be able to find prospects who become customers. And if you can't do that, if you can't figure that out and you're doing it in a one-off fashion, old school, uh, who do you know, or reference selling and stuff like that, or maybe you hire a salesperson and that's your lead generation. You're gonna say you're gonna stay small, you know. Not who you call an old me? Are you calling me old? Well, the shoe fits. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, I absolutely I, agree with you. Yeah, I mean, so and then I think branding goes hand in hand with that. So, yep. Um, well, listen, we we're kind of running out of time, and I'm gonna give you the last word. And um, so, you know, based on this topic that we're talking about, you know, what would you like to say to our listeners about the, the topic. Okay. Boil it all down to one concise nugget. I would say that when it comes to your, your business and your company, what you believe matters very much, but what you do about what you believe matters even more. And so if you believe that you're meant to have this bigger impact on the world, that you're meant to reach more people, but you're not taking the steps to change your brand to do something about it, you're not going to move the needle. Or if you even just believe that you're worth more, that you should be able to charge more, that your services are freaking amazing, but again, you're not shifting how you show up in the world to align with that belief, it's not going to make a difference. It's just going to be in your head and make you frustrated. So what you believe matters, but what you do about what you believe matters way more. Yeah, and I like what Johanna's saying because she said it on two occasions. Small business, and again, small business is under $15 million in sales, okay? Um, is not about cheaper. It's about yeah. more, it's about more expensive and better service or a better product. So, you know, don't make that mistake of thinking that um, you have to compete on price because you're going to be in for a a lot of problems if you do that. I'd like to thank so very much uh, for Johanna White from Design by Joe for coming on today's podcast. Again, it's Design by Joe, so it's Design by J O. 
for coming on today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And uh, if you like today's podcast or any of the other ones that we've done, please give us a five-star review. It helps us get the word out. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can reach our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Or call us at 862-207-4118. Johanna, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? The best way would be to visit my website, which is designbyjoestudio.com. And if they're looking at up-leveling their brand, they can request a free consult, or they can simply connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. Both of those are at Design by Joe Studio. And just say they love this podcast. They want you and I to fight more about more topics. They can say whatever, <laughs> whatever is on their mind. And I would absolutely love to connect with them, love to hear from them, and love to hear about their their branding story and how it's carried them to where they're at today. Yeah. Just get ready for Johanna to push back on you. So I- I, (laughs) And call you old. Yeah. And and lots of other things. So (laughs) uh, I'm going to walk away from this podcast, a a wounded man. So, all right. Well, listen, the summary today, thing, the takeaway that I really got today was how powerful these- um, these projects can be for transformative for your business and uh, the ability for you to really work on your business instead of going crazy in your business every day. Um, just try to make time for that. I mean, I you know that's the fun part about your business. And even if you carve out a, an hour or two a week to start working on that, um, you know, I, I definitely would. We talk to Johanna and, you know, take advantage of that. I mean, it's, I think it's really going to make a big difference in your organization. Other than that, I wish everybody a great day and, you know, keep learning. That's one of the most important things about building your business. Everybody I know who owns a business are power learners. And I think the podcast and the guests that we have like Johanna just really are good, good people to listen to. Other than that, everybody have a great day. <laughs>